You see, God wants to not just meet your expectations, He's a God of too much. He's not a God of just enough. He's a God of overflow, an abundant God. Welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life-changing word from Pastor Jason Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. Father, I thank you, praise you for this time. Open up our hearts to receive your word. Your word is manna, it's bread of life, it's practical. It'll be part of our week this week. Lord, your word is also seed. It comes on the inside of us, conceives, grows us into, changes us into, and transforms us into the likeness and image of your son. Holy Spirit, be our teacher. Teach us what we need to know. Prepare us for what is coming in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Today I want to talk to you about how, how do I pray? And, and, and how, how do I have effective prayer? And sometimes, I think all too often, we, we're praying for something and we just don't see results. I'm praying for that sickness for so long and nothing's happening. Been praying for your finances for a while, been praying for a friend, been praying for your kids to come back to the Lord, and just not seeing any change. And, and you've seen prayer work. It's not that you don't believe in prayer, but it can be frustrating when things aren't happening. And so today I want to give you one of the keys to effective prayer, to seeing things happening. And that's to pray with expectation. God is looking for us to expect things to change on this planet. It's so easy to not expect and make our prayers sound like wishes or wants or make our prayers sound so, oh God, won't you help me? And, or to even say to ourselves, it's impossible, why even pray? It's too far gone. But it's better God is moved when we pray prayers of faith and expectation. When you pray expecting things to change. And when you do that, God will exceed your expectations. He's not just going to meet your expectations, but our God He's just too big for that. He loves to surprise us. He wants to go above and beyond what it was you prayed for and expected him for, right? When Joseph was expecting to get out of prison, God didn't just get him out of prison. He made him ruler over all of Egypt. When Hannah was expecting to have a child, the Bible says she prayed for a child. She was barren. She needed a miracle, but she cleaned herself up. She changed her demeanor. She began to eat again. In other words, she has ex had expected things were going to be different now. She didn't just have one child. She had seven children. You see, God wants to not just meet your expectations. He's a God of too much. He's not a God of just enough. He's a God of overflow, an abundant God. When the Israelites expected to get out of Egypt, of course, the Moses expected to lead them out of Egypt because that's what God was doing. But that's not where God stopped. He didn't just get them out of slavery, but he took them to a promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. God will not just meet your expectations. He wants to go far and above what you expected. Somebody give the Lord some praise right there. That's good. In Job chapter 12 and verse 4, Job says this. My friends laugh at me for when I call on God, I expect an answer. In other words, Job was, Job was saying that not... Very many people pray with expectation. In fact, I'm pointed out like, what a weirdo. I'm the guy that expects something when he prays. Well, wouldn't you know in chapter 42, the Bible says this, when Job prayed. Say, when Job prayed. You know, here's the interesting thing about Job. It's chapter 42, he's finally praying. We know that when he prays, he prays with expectation, and that's unique. But his life fell apart pretty early on in this book. Chapter 2 and chapter 3, things started to go crazy for him. Why? I don't know, Job. Why not pray in chapter 4? Been a much shorter book. 
I think it's a picture for us. Why, why is it that we all do this? Job spent 38 chapters complaining and discouraged. Just That's all he did is complain to his friends and complain and discourage and how bad it is. This is what we do. Things go crazy for us. Things go sideways. And we're just drawn immediately to that discouragement, to that complaining. Nothing changed until Job prayed. Nothing's going to change until you pray. But not just pray, but to pray like Job prayed. To pray expecting things to turn around. Not everybody prays like that. It's weird. People might even tease you and make fun of you like they did him. That's odd, the way that person prays. But you're not just wishing. You're not just wanting. You're praying in expectation. And when you do that, watch what happens for Job. It says, when Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored. How many know God is a restorer? It's not the things that don't go missing, but God will restore what was stolen. It says this, in fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. See, God didn't just do what he expected. He expected restoration, but God did twice what he expected. God wants to do the same thing in your life. What does he need? He needs that when you pray, you have a little expectation. I'm expecting God to do this thing that I'm praying for. When he can get that little expectation, right? God, I'm expecting you for that apartment. I need a, a good place to live. God doesn't just give you the apartment when you pray for expectation. He gives you a house. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Father, I'm just expecting that I can go on a date. He doesn't just give you a date, but God gives you your soulmate. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Father, I'm just expecting you to heal my knees. But he doesn't just heal your knees. In that expectant prayer, suddenly your arthritis disappears. Suddenly your back's not hurting anymore. Why? Because God is a God who will exceed your expectations, right? You're praying, Father, I haven't had a child, but I want a child. We want to we have a kid. He doesn't just give you one kid. You get twins, somebody say. You guys are like, I don't know if I want to. I'm not sure I'm going to amen that one, Pastor. <laughs> the problem is, is often we lose our expectancy. You know, well, you hear this sermon, you're like, fine, Pastor, I'll pray. I don't, I've already prayed, but okay, it doesn't work. I already tried that. I already tried that. And so what's happening? You know, my boss will never change. Fine, I'll pray over my marriage, Pastor, but it's, I, it's too far gone. It's too far gone. I'll pray over my kids. They're going to come back to the Lord. Sure, I'll pray. But they're, they're, it's, it's too far gone. They're so far gone now. I can't. I don't know what could possibly change. What are you doing? You're making impossible bigger than God. Never make impossible bigger than God. God is the God of the impossible things. No, you've got to get rid of that discouragement and get your expectancy back on, even if it's just a little expectancy. When, when Luke chapter 18 and verse 8, Jesus said this, he said, but when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? What's he looking for? He's looking for people that are expecting God to do things. He's looking for people that believe God, that trust God. When Jesus returns, he's looking for faith. Why? Because he knows it's going to be rare. It's going to be rare to find people who trust and believe God and expect God to move on their behalf. Why? Because God can move on this planet when people will believe him. He always moves through people. He needs somebody on this planet to open their mouth and say what he's saying and believe what he's saying so that he can do his will on the planet. He has called us as believers to say out loud with our mouth, on earth as it is in heaven. Why? That's his system. He cannot move on this planet without you and your mouth. 
He can't move in your job without you opening your mouth and beginning to believe and expect God. He needs us to pray and expect so that he can do what he's promised to do. When I go to the Starbucks drive-thru, which I went to this morning to pick up my kids some breakfast, I say, I order my coffee, right? I would like a tall Pikes, and, and I know you're like, you're fasting, Pastor. Hey, coffee is a bean. So, so don't you judge me. And so I, a tall Pikes with almond milk and honey. This is not a treat, but you know, I'm doing my coffee. So I have, when I get up to that drive-thru, I have every expectancy that that coffee will be there. Who drives up to the window and, and, and the coffee's not ready yet, and then goes, well, I guess that didn't work, and then drives away. <laughs> Who does that? Nobody. Why? Because you ordered with expectancy. You expected that at the moment you said it, even though you couldn't see it, even though you couldn't taste it, you expected that it was conceived in that moment and being prepared. You didn't have it yet, but you knew that it was coming. And when you got to the window, if it wasn't ready, you just waited longer. Why is it that so often believers can put more faith in a Starbucks employee than the God who created the heavens and the earth? By all means, pray like Job prayed. I'm saying it, but now I'm expecting it. At the moment I said it, it was conceived. I may not see it yet. I may not be enjoying it yet, but I do know that it is coming. It's like a woman who gets pregnant. She may not see that baby yet. She doesn't, there's no change. She's not holding the baby. And yet, most women, they kind of know. They're like, hmm, something's different in here. And they go get the test, and then they look at the test, and they go, Boop, I'm pregnant. Now, what do they start doing? Preparing. Their words change. Hey, guess what? Can I tell you something? I'm pregnant. Right? We do the, the big gender reveal party. Everything's happening. Everything's moving now. Can anybody see the baby? Is anybody holding the baby? And yet, what do we say? She is expecting. Why? Because it was conceived even though we can't see it. This is expecting in your prayer. It's conceived right when you pray with expectancy. You may not see it, you can't hold the baby, but your emotion should change. Your words should change. You've been saying, oh, I'm always living paycheck to paycheck. I never have enough. But all of a sudden, when you pray with expectancy, it conceives in your heart, you'll find your mouth starts to change what you're saying. Why? Because you're expecting. I know things are turning around. I believe money is coming into my life. God is meeting all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And then what does God do? He exceeds your expectation. He goes above and beyond. See, God is not a God of, uh, I guess you just would uh, need it right, the car song, God is not just what you needed. He is way more than you ever needed. He does more than you ask, think, dream, or imagine. What does he need? He needs a little seed of mustard faith, just a little bit. That seed of faith becomes an activator of letting God do more than you expected. There was a man that was crippled from birth in the Bible in Acts chapter 3. It talks about him, and they would carry him to the gate called Beautiful just outside the temple. And Peter and John, of course, Jesus has died. He's resurrected, and he's gone up to heaven. And Peter and John are left, and James and the apostles are left to build the church. And they got the Holy Spirit. Peter's preached this first message, and he, they're on their way to church. 
And as they approach church, they see this man at the gate called Beautiful. He saw Peter and John, and he begins to cry out for alms. As they get closer, the Bible says that Peter and John looked at him and said, look at us. What did he do? The Bible says he turned his attention towards them. Let's go to the scripture right now. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Now, say expecting. When you expect, it will cause a different motion or movement. Your attention changes. You were looking at the problem, but when you get an expectancy, you start looking to the Lord. You start looking to the resources. You start looking in a positive direction. When you change your attention, your motion has moved in a new direction. Expectancy will cause a response in your life, just like the expectant mother is talking to, you know, talking about prepping the baby room and, and getting things ready and getting baby clothes. What are they doing? They're preparing for what they know is already coming. When Jesus said to the crippled man, get up, take your mat and walk, in order for him to make the effort to get up, that was expectancy. If he didn't expect that anything had changed, he would stay there, but he would start to have a motion that would get up and walk. That's expectancy. And it doesn't need a lot of expectancy. It just needs a little expectancy. Mustard seed faith. When the disciples couldn't heal this little boy, they said to Jesus, how come we're not healing this? We're praying, but nothing's happening. It wasn't that God didn't want the boy healed. It wasn't that at all. It's that their prayer did not have any faith in it. And so Jesus said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed. I don't need a lot, I need a little. This cripple man at the gate called beautiful, Peter reaches down. He said, silver and gold have I not, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. He lifts him up. The man jumps in the air, completely healed, begins to run around the temple. Give the Lord some praise. Now watch this. I do not see great faith in this man to get his healing. But he did have a small amount of expectancy. He wasn't hoping to receive something from them. He was expecting to receive something from them. What was he expecting to receive? Little money. Just so things are going to get a little better today. I'm going to get a hot meal tonight. That was his expectancy. It may have been small, but God can take that small mustard seed and turn it into the largest plant in your life. And you could say, well, tomorrow my, my marriage could be a little better. I'm expecting tomorrow things to turn around at my job. Just a little change. I'm expecting tomorrow me relationships to be changed in my life. I'm expecting tomorrow my finances are going to be a little better than they were today. God can take just a little expectancy. He wasn't expecting to receive a healing, but he was expecting to receive something. Can I expect to receive something from God? God can move even in the smallest mustard seed types of faith. He gives him his attention, he's expecting, and he gets healed. Imagine his surprise. I just want some money and a hot meal. I'm excited. They're reaching down to give me some money. Boom. Instead of getting some money and a hot meal, I now have the ability to produce money to work. I'll never have to beg again. This is what God wants to do in your life. He wants to go further than you expected. You give him a little bit of expectancy, he changes your entire life. It's the same thing for you and I. I have a, a my, my wife yesterday, we were, we were at Walmart, or two days ago, and uh, we were in AJ, the Apache Junction Walmart, it's, it's self-checkout only. They don't have any cashiers. Well, I don't mind that. I like the self-checkout. The only one thing I don't mind, like about self-checkout is, is opening the bag at Walmart. <laughs> where you have to, because you, you have to open your own bag. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Hey, Walmart, can I just talk to you for a second? 
You're better than that. <laughs> we'll do your checkout. We will. We'll do it happily, won't we? But can you fix the bag situation? I mean, I'll just sit there and pull and pull and pull and pull and pull and just try and I find it. But my wife, she is a magician at these bags. I don't know if she's got an anointing of God on preaching the word and also Walmart bags because she just walks over and just opens it up. But she's like, she even does this. She'll go, here, let me. And she goes, so we, we load up our groceries and do our thing. And, and when you know it, there's a guy right behind us. And he, we're all masked up. He's masked up. And, and, and he is struggling to get that. I mean, he is really after trying to get that. And my wife, she is so loving, such a wonderful believer and Christian. She's like, here, I, let me. I'm very good at this. And I start jumping in. I'm like, he, she is. I tell you what, I can't open those things either. But she's great at it. So he kind of steps back. And then she does this. She pulls down her mask and licks her fingers. <laughs> And everything went into slow motion for me. I was like, and I saw, I looked at the man. She didn't look at the man. She was looking at the bag. But I looked at the man and he went. <laughs> in slow motion. And she just whoosh, opens that thing right up. And the look on his face, you would have thought she took the bag and started wiping it in her armpits. Like, <laughs> put it back. <laughs> That's what it looked like to me. Then she realized the horror of what she'd done. She puts her mask back up and you see her eyes go. And she's like, I am so, and he was, he was talking. He was like, no, that's, a, oh, no, oh, okay. <laughs> like that just happened. Like what do you, you don't come back from that. There is saliva all over the bag now. <laughs> just go to another station, bro. <laughs> so I'm just like trying to, anyways, he got a lot more than he expected. <laughs> And, and here's the thing. We should imitate our Father in the same way. We want to be like God. We want to give more than it's expected to, of us in our marriage. We want to be the people who give more than it's expected of us at our jobs. More than it's expected at the business with the customers and the people we're relating to. More than it's expected of us with our families and our relationships. We want to be people who imitate our God and are of excess in giving others people. Because we like the surprise. Right? I know, I know a guy, uh, he was working in the warehouse at, at UPS, I think it was, and he was making minimum wage, worked there many years, and, and struggling as he was having kids and family, struggling to make ends meet, and discouraged, and I got to talking to him once, and he's like, it's just been so many years, and I know God wants to bless me, but it's not seeing it. I did what pastors do, I began to kind of sort through some of the issues. One of the things I brought up was like, are you tithing? It does make a difference. I believe my whole heart that tithing has changed my entire financial future. And so I said, are you tithing? He said, well, it's just been impossible, to be honest, Pastor. I don't have condemnation for people. I'm just not that guy. But I just said, you might want to try it. He said, it would take uh, a lot of expecting and faith for me to start tithing. There's no way I can make rent at the end of the month if I did that. And so he said, he went and talked to his wife, and she was on board. So he came back to me, and we prayed. We prayed the prayer of expectation. God, you're going to have to do a miracle here, but we're expecting you to do what you said your what you said in your word you would do. So he came that weekend. He tells the story. He gave that tithe, and he was expecting. There was no other way. It was going to take a miracle. He needed God to move in the next four weeks. Wouldn't you know it that the next morning, he goes into work. He gets called out of the warehouse up to the boss's office. They said, we've lost a whole bunch of people recently. We have to promote you. You're getting a, watch this, $40,000 per year raise. This happened that morning. You see, he just expected, he did. He expected God to move in a miraculous way. 
and help him meet the bills at the end of the month. But how many know God did way more than he expected? He ended up finding that he could move into a bigger house, that they could have all the pressure released in their lives. Somebody say amen. Why? Because God loves to surprise us. And my Christmas morning, the kids come out. You know, they've asked their dad. Well, we've asked them, what do you want for Christmas? We're good parents. We want to get them what they want as long as it's reasonable. We want to get them what they expect. Wouldn't you know they come out Christmas morning? All of them gather around that tree and begin to look under the box for their name, for what it was that they prayed, what asked for, not prayed, they didn't pray to us, what they asked for. <laughs> None of my kids stand back and look at the tree and go, I wish there was something for me. Look at they got something. Look at they got something. I bet my name's not under there. Listen, God has already given you everything that you need for life and godliness. His promises are already yes and amen. We have to know that when we pray with expectancy that we're walking to that tree and we begin to look under the tree for our name because we know none of my kids doubted for a second that there wasn't a box under that tree with their name on it. That's because they're the children. You're a child of God and Father God is a way better dad than I could ever be. And he's done the same thing for you. But too many times, I hope there's something under there for me. I love watching my kids open that thing that they expected. It's so awesome. But my favorite part is when they pick up a box that they didn't accept, expect. That's me and Kelly's favorite part is when they're opening some other thing and they go, oh, oh, I love that noise. Oh, 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 oh. I surprised them. God is the same way with you. He can't wait for your oh, 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 oh. He can't do it without your expectancy. But if you give him just a little expectancy, He'll surprise you with what he can do in your life. He wants you to, to not just get what you expected, but like that cripple man, to get far more than you expected. Not just a hot meal tonight, but you're going to never have to beg money again. He doesn't want to just give you, like Job, restore what you lost. He wants to restore double what you lost. Not just that one child that you prayed for, but barrenness removed forever from you, that you could have as many children as you want. Praise God. Give the Lord a hand clap right now. What do we have to know? The gift was conceived in the moment that we requested. The, the, there's, if you, for sports people, I know Dom's here this morning. I'm so glad you're here. I'm not trying to embarrass you. It's my son's friend. He's, he's a young football player, and recently he got picked to go to Texas as a quarterback and represent the entire state of Arizona. This kid's a little athlete, I'll tell you. And what, so you'll love this story, maybe other people too. It's a sports story. The greatest basketball game ever played, you can Google this and you'll find this game, was a game that no one saw. It was 1992 and the dream team was getting ready for the Olympics and Chuck Daly, the legendary coach, had some of the greatest players of the time on that team. Carl Malone, Patrick Ewing, uh, uh, Clyde, Clyde Drexler, Charles Barkley, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson. I mean, it was just a dream. That's why they called it the dream team. And he, he wanted a full throttle practice. So he put Michael Jordan and four other guys on one side, and he put Magic Johnson and four other guys on the other side. Now, Magic Johnson was the veteran MVP, five-time champion, but he was retired now. His time was come, had come to an end. Michael Jordan was the new kid on the block. He'd had two MVPs. He was the young guy, and he put the two guys on opposite teams that began to play basketball. Magic Johnson said they leapt up to, the, to a lead of 10 points. They were, he began to pick on Michael Jordan. He wanted, he just noticed Michael Jordan wasn't really in it. He just began to pick on him. Chris Mullen said it didn't take much to tweak Michael Jordan. Just a little trash talk. All of a sudden, Michael Jordan, the glaze went over his eyes. 
He went into a zone. He ended up winning the game. He scored 17 points in that game, more than any other player on the court. As they end, the game ended and Michael Jordan's team won, he came into the locker room, Magic Johnson was already in there, and he was singing the Gatorade song, Like Mike, I Want to Be Like Mike. He's just having fun, teasing a little bit, like Mike, I want to be like Mike. So he walks in and Magic Johnson looks at him just shaking his head. Michael Jordan jokingly said, there's a new sheriff in town. I love this phrase. What does it mean? It means that things are about to change. There's a passing of the baton that was happening from Magic to Michael. In the same way, you may have been praying for the same thing for a long time. You come to a service like this and you're thinking to yourself, well, pastor, I've already been praying for years, months, days, nothing's changed. I don't know. Listen, leave this service with this on your lips. There's a new sheriff in town. I'm praying with expectancy now. Sure, I prayed for years before, but there's a new level of expectancy coming out of my prayer life. You look at that cancer that you've been dealing with for a year, you look at that and you say, guess what, cancer, it's time for you to go. There's a new sheriff in town. You don't get to stay anymore. You're gonna leave my body and you're never gonna come back. Guess what to my children? They've been running from the Lord. They're, they're far away from God. But guess what? I've been praying for you. There's a new sheriff in town. I'm expecting. I'm releasing the Lord's army on you. You will turn back and come back to me on the ships of Tarshish, and you will worship the living God. What am I doing? A new sheriff in town means there's a turning point now. I'm leaving this service with expectancy in my prayer life. Somebody say amen. When Rahab was uh, in, she lived in Jericho, she lived in the wall. She was, uh, ran a brothel. She was uh, running ran a house of prostitution there in Jericho and, and uh, a foreigner. The Jericho was given to the Israelites. The Israelites were about to attack it and spies came in and she hid the spies. Pastor Kelly talked about this a little bit today. She hid the spies because she trusted and believed that God was gonna give them the city of Jericho. So she created this little arrangement. You're not allowed to kill me or my family. If I, let, if I hide you here. That was her expectation of the promise. In fact, she put a scarlet thread in the window as a sign that this, this house is covered. That scarlet thread represents the blood of Jesus and the promise of God for you and your life. And there was an expectancy. She was expecting to live. Sure enough, she lived. But you know what God did if you keep reading about the story and you kind of search out Rahab's name? You find that Rahab's name was in the lineage of Christ, one of the few women mentioned in the line of Jesus. You think, well, how did that happen? Well, as it turns out, Rahab, after she saved the city and, and or saved her family and the wall collapsed, but not her part of the wall, and she met a man in Israel of the tribe of Judah, a prominent man. His name was Salmon. And I know this sounds a little fishy, but <laughs> maybe he was one of the spies. I don't know how, go, how deep this goes, but... but she marries him and they have a son named Boaz. Yeah, the same kinsman redeemer that would marry Ruth. And Boaz and Ruth have a son named Obed. And Obed has a son named Jesse. And Jesse has a son named King David. And so Rahab didn't just get this promise that her family was saved, but she got to be the mother of kings, even that the Messiah would come from that bloodline. God will take whatever small expectation. She could have said, I'm not good enough. I have no business marrying this great man. I was a prostitute. I'm a foreigner. 
you know, you can let your, ha- your past rob you from God's destiny in your life, but don't. You expect the mercy and the grace of God to bring all of his goodness into your life, and you expect that he's going to do what he said he would do, and he will exceed your expectations. Somebody say amen. I know a man who, who was believing God, you know, this year, he, he came to me and, and said, we've never broken a million dollars in the business in 20 years, never. Uh, and so, but I want to pray this year and expect God. And I, I, so, I, so we talked about this, and then we, we joined hands and we agreed in September that he would break a million dollars this year, even though it's a down year, even though it's a crazy year. God, we're expecting this thing. And his heart got into expectation. This is going to happen. So much so that he asked his accountant at the end of November. He came running up to me in December to tell me this story. I asked my accountant in the end of November, he said, do the calculation and see that we're on target to break a million dollars this year by the end of December. She does the math, she gets back to him, just giddy. We already broke a million dollars. God did it, not by the end of the year, but by the end of November, exceeding his expectations. When they expected the Messiah to come, you know, we got more than we expected. John the Baptist stood as he was baptizing, and he said, there's one coming after me that's gonna baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Well, that's new. We were expecting some stuff out of the prophecy, but what are you talking about? He's going to give us the Holy Spirit? What was he saying? He was saying the Messiah is going to be more than you expected. There was a man named Nathaniel that was brought out to, to, to meet Jesus, and Nathaniel said about Jesus, he said, this guy Jesus from Nazareth, nothing good comes from Nazareth. How many know that Nathaniel was about to get a lot more than he expected? When you received Jesus, wasn't he more than you expected? He was more. He's the Messiah, he's the anointed one, but of course he's Yeshua, the God who saves, but he's also our high priest. He's our builder. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. He said, I'm the true branch. I'm the vine. He's the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. He is our life, right? He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the resurrection and the life. He's the bread of life. He's the light of this world, the bright morning star, the lily of the field, the rose of Sharon. He is, oh my gosh, our Jesus. Praise God. The Alpha. He's the Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. He's our lamb of sacrifice. When we need sacrifice, he's our Passover lamb for protection over our homes. He's He's our sin offering, but he's also the lion of the tribe of Judah, and he's our king. He's our king, right? He's our risen king. He's our reigning king. He's our returning king. He's the king of righteousness, the king of peace, the king of glory. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. He's the seed of the woman, the seed of Abraham. He's our shield, our very great reward. He's the strength and the song and has become my salvation. The Lord is my shepherd, my secret place, my hiding place, my mighty fortress, my strong tower, my refuge, my help in time of need. The Lord is my portion. He's my cup. He's my inheritance. He is my ransom. He's my ransom, my inheritance, my chief physician. 
Oh, praise God. He was more than we bargained for. He's my master, my savior, my redeemer, my restorer, my deliverer, my healer, my mediator, my vindicator. He is the rock of my salvation, the root of Jesse, the son of man, the son of David, the son of God, the word of God, the lamb of God. He is the incorruptible seed of God. He is the firstborn of the grave, the head of his church, Jesus, Jesus. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, the Everlasting Father, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, shout it out, Jesus, Jesus. Woo! Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So I have some homework for you. The God who does more than we expect. I would like you to write down this, this year a list of, for the year. I want you to write down this week a list for the year of what you're expecting the God to do in you and in your world. Your world, your job, your family. Well, not what I want, not what I'm wishing for, but what I'm expecting God to do in me. He's got to happen in here first. And then it happens out here. And what he's going to do in my world. And next week, we'll, we'll come together as a church and we'll pray over that. We're going to come into agreement over whatever it is that you're expecting God to do. Me and my wife, we keep it on our phones and we share it as a note. We pray over that thing every mon Monday. And, and every year, we watch and see God move on those expectations. I want that. I want that for this whole church family. That's so we're going to do that. I want to declare something over you, the a, a word for the year. Um, Leviticus chapter 25 and verse 21. This is a word for the the year for our church. And we pray every year and ask God, talk to us about this. So Pastor Scott and I and Kelly and Holly. And uh, it says this, then I will command my blessing on you. Now this is what God is saying to you in the sixth year. And I said to the Lord, sixth year? And I started to do the math. My parents ended on a year of rest. God works in sevens. And they gave us the church. This is our sixth year as a church. And then he says, that this is what this says about us. And it will bring forth produce enough for three years. So this is our prayer for you, your business, three years produce in one year. Your job, three times the income is coming to you. Your favor, three times the favor, a harvest of the seeds you've sown, three times what would normally come. And so what we have to do now is we hear the word, but now we have to pray it and expect it. That's our job. We have to have expectancy now. This is going to be a year of a triple harvest for you in your life. So let me pray that. Father God, I thank you. And I declare right now what you have said, that you have commanded your blessing upon your people here at Living Word. And that blessing that you've commanded on them will bring forth here in the sixth year a produce enough for three years. We see it, we receive it, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And if you believe it, shout out, I believe it. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for watching today. And if you were to face eternity today, do you know what eternity looks like for you? And would you have peace with Father God? 
The good news is God has already offered the free gift of salvation to anyone who would believe in His Son, Jesus. If you're ready to put your faith in Jesus and step into a new life, pray this prayer with me. Dear Father God, forgive me of all sin. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the Son of God who died for sin and rose from the dead. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer for the first time, you are stepping into the kingdom of God and eternal life. Get into a great Bible-believing church. God bless you.